All right, so I'm here with Daniel Nava, 2013 World Series champion. Right off the bat, I got to ask you, I, I came across this video on YouTube recently about you, um, and apparently it was about how you were really small or something. And in college, you grew about a foot tall. Is that is that true? or? Um, I don't know if it was exactly a foot. Yeah, right. My Maybe. In sophomore year, um, <laughs> I, grew, uh, I grew a lot. I, it was just the summer. So I think I grew about five or six inches in that summer. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of like the growth spurt that I had, that, that video um, that you referenced was talking about. Right, right. Nice. Yeah. Not a foot, but. Yeah, right. Not quite. Not, but yeah, a little bit of an exaggeration. But yeah, a lot of yeah. Um, so I mean, you get what's the story behind you? Um, bef right before your first major league game, obviously we all know what happened. But um, were you called up right before or something, or how did that work? Uh, yeah. So the manager for the Diamondbacks now, Tor Lavello, <clears throat> was right, my right. Uh, manager at AAA mm. with the Red Sox, and we were playing. The Indians, uh, which is the Indianapolis Indians, so I should say the, technically it was the Pirates, but their AAA team was called the Indianapolis Indians. Yeah. Um, so uh, we had a rain delay, and um, we were all kind of hanging out, and I remember uh, Tori uh, had someone call me into the office, so I remember walking in, and normally in rain delays, there's really nothing that goes on, right, so it's right. kind of... I was not expecting that, so I was, I was kind of thrown for a loop for a second, and mm -hmm. he called me in, and he told me, hey, you know, I have some really good news, but at the same time, I don't want to get too excited, because they, uh, the Red Sox at the time were waiting for a um, the results from, uh, I believe it was an x-ray or something, from a guy who got hurt, mm -hmm. but they weren't sure how serious it was. Was it just going to be a bone bruise, or was it going to be a fracture or a broken something? And so he said, you're going up. But if these results basically come back and, and the guy's okay, unfortunately, you're going to have to come back. Oh, uh, okay. So it was um, just kind of a, a wait-and-see process. But still, nonetheless, I was pumped because I never was expecting a phone call right. or even someone to tell me that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, so that's at least a little bit of the backstory before everything happened uh, that first game. Nice. Yeah, I mean, that's the life of the minor leaguer, I'm sure. Like, you... You know, you always see, you know, guys coming right up, coming down like a bunch of times, you know, throughout the season. It must be kind of hard to, you know, adjust to that. But um, I, th I think that guys um, generally the first time, first year, I would say, mm -hmm. um, guys are just excited to be called up. Right, and, right. And obviously it's not ideal um, uh, circumstances when you get sent down because mm -hmm. no one wants to get sent down. Right, right. But. Anytime you get called back up, for the most part, that I think feeling the majority of guys would say, oh man, this is awesome, yeah, you know, this yeah. is where I want to be, and it's part of the reason why you play the game is to get to the big leagues. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the and the life of a big leaguer is so much different than the life of a minor leaguer. I mean, you know, going on flights and having pretty much everything paid for, you know, all that extra stuff, of course, and then obviously playing on the team must be amazing. Um so yeah, I mean, you you went and then of course you hit your a grand slam on the first major league pitch you ever saw. Not even the first at bat, the first pitch. Um, who was it off of again? I who is it? Uh, it was off of Joe Blanton. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, what like how did that even happen? I mean, you just come up. You weren't pitch hitting, right? Or were you? Um, no, I wasn't pinch hitting. Okay. I, uh, I was starting that game and left hitting mm -hmm. ninth. 
Um, and um, I want to say, you know, it, that day there's a lot of details which are blurred, and there's other details which are very well detailed um, right. in my mind. And uh, I know the score was two to one. We were down two to one. Um, and uh, I came up with the bases loaded. Um, I believe on base was Adrian Beltre, Jason Veritek, and Darnell McDonald. I'm pretty okay. sure that's that's the lineup, uh, or at least the guys are on base. And uh, yeah, I came up, and obviously, you know, Grand Slams, nothing without the guys who uh, are actually on base right. in front of you. So mm-hmm. uh, I couldn't control that. Um, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, right. Anything that, because at that time, that team had a lot of veterans, Mm -hmm. a lot of veterans. So I was trying to make a good first impression just in that regard. Never did I expect what happens, you know, to actually happen. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, that's, that's crazy. It was a fastball, right? First pitch fastball. Yes, fastball. Yeah, yeah. yeah, That's, that's really insane. You, this reminds me now. So 2010, obviously, that was your, I don't know, does that qualify as your rookie year? I think you played like 60 games that year or something. Or? So, I mean, yes, if you want to say it does, technically, I didn't have enough at-bats. I was told right. for oh, it to be. So it goes by at-bats, not games? It, it goes by, I believe it was at-bats. Anyways, oh, I could yeah. be wrong. The point that I just remember that after yeah. that year when I, got called back up again i think that i still didn't have enough something to be oh okay okay but yeah i think it was like roughly 60 games i got into Mm. i didn't start 60 games but i got into that many right right so but um so you did you not play at all in 2011 for the major league team or no not in the majors i was in triple a the whole year okay yeah because and then obviously so 2012 you came up like that did you play throughout that year or 2012, I was at AAA for the first uh, month, mm-hmm. a little more than a month, and then I believe I was in the big leagues for the rest of that season. Yeah, because they probably needed um, you. Yeah, they needed as many people as they could for, yeah, that was not oh, a but it was, You know what, that's, people People get the idea that, you know, that team was a bad team. It mm-hmm. was a very talented team. Yeah, it was. But just, they had a lot of injuries, mm-hmm. and then when the guys came back, they weren't performing like they normally did. Right. It doesn't mean... You know, it doesn't mean they were just yeah. terrible players. It like, was a very unique set of circumstances. The perfect storm for unfortunate things to happen, and they did. Right, exactly. Like, Lackey got Tommy John that year, missed the whole year. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to miss a whole year, that's the year to miss it. But still, I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. True. But, no, I mean, that it, it just, I mean, it's crazy, you know, because we're about to go into 2013, um, talk about that. But, like, you know, because you, you – Coming off of 2011, you know, the heartbreaking, you know, finish, you know, so close to, you know, you have that, you know, the Red Sox had that big division lead, they blow it, and then they're really close to making the wild card, and then they blow that, and then and then to follow that up, you're not even close to making the playoffs the next year. So, and then 2013 comes around, and were you at the Major League uh, team for spring training, or how, how was that, like... Yeah, so since I finished the team with, with the team in 2012, I was in big league mm-hmm. spring training with the team going mm-hmm. to 13, and was told, you know, you're trying to make a uh, make the team make a, a, a spot mm-hmm. more or less, and so um, you know, I made the team fortunately, and um, I, from 
the outset, <clears throat> I think the guys in that clubhouse, and this is the feel that I got, I kind of did a lot of sitting back and just watching and, and absorbing with the guys we had because 2010, I wasn't uh, in a big league spring training. 2011, I was. But mm-hmm. so basically, I'd only had one spring training before that that I was actually in the big leagues for like a big league invite. So when right. I was there in 13, I really tried to just watch and learn how guys did things. And I got this sense, I say that because I got this real strong sense that when I finished with that team in 12 and then going into 13, a lot of the guys, we really kind of flipped the page, so to speak, because Mm. 2012 was such a a challenge that guys wanted to start fresh. But I think that with what happened in 12 and how we finished – a lot of people wrote us off going into 13, and we knew we had a much better team than people gave us credit for. Mm-hmm. Uh, to say that we knew that we were going to win the World Series, I- I'm not sure what every other guy thought, but I just knew that the projections that we had that year, we were not going to be that. We had something special on the players that were actually, uh, you know, we were the, the bearded brothers. Right, that right. Came yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, what was because like the vibe for that for like during spring training was that was it like did you did you guys ever like you said you know you guys were looking you did not believe in the you know the projections that were saying you guys were gonna be in last or whatever you you know they projected you to be, um you know so what what was the vibe really during spring training that year like did you guys you just you got because coming off the awful you know the crazy you know. 2012 season you know terry francona just or that was after 2011 yeah 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 he was um, gone after 11 yeah so and then obviously bobby valentine's gone so john farrell comes in and it's this whole like all this stuff is going on so i mean there i'm it deservingly so it didn't look like it was gonna be that great of a year but then of course you know you guys were it just it was it, you guys just clicked and but so i mean let, let's get back to april um so obviously the the Boston you know, the horrible you know bombing um, you know Napoli hits the walk off and then later you guys find out about it. Um, a little while ago, I interviewed Johnny Gomes like about you know a few weeks ago, and he actually talked about it was hard because you know you guys were I think leaving to go to go play somewhere else, and and it was it was hard to you know, leave the city because you guys were the Red Sox, you know, you guys were the guys, you know, you were supposed to back, be, you know, be behind the city during, you know, these times or whatever. And it was just tough to leave. And it's like, how can we play after this? You know, you wanted to be there with everyone. So what was the vibe like after that? I mean, what, you know, was there a, a certain mindset that was like, all right, you know, this is, we're going to start playing, you know, like this is, you know, this year is going to be different. This is going to be special. You know, what was kind of like the vibe after, you know the the you know the tragedy that happened, and what was the mindset going forward? Do you think with those guys? Well, I mean, it never was a discuss thing. It was mm. uh, there was so we started the month of April. We actually had a really good month. Yeah, that was something that was um, important for us because mm. we want to get out the gate quick, and every team does. There's yeah, no team that wants to have a bad April, but then that kind of carried over into that series where you know we we were headed out of town and i think everyone who was 
on that team can remember the traveling secretary hopping on the bus and mm-hmm. telling everyone because our phones weren't working and we're, all of us were kind of what in the world why are our phones not working and, mm-hmm. and he explained what was happening and, and at that point you know uh, it became real it became personal because a lot of us had loved ones wives or what, what have you that were mm-hmm. Going down to watch the race, or, right, or yes. in town, and, and we were leaving town, and, and when you put all that together, mm-hmm. it, it made it something that it, this wasn't just something you're watching on TV, and you were seeing in another place in another town, and happening to other people. We had, you know, thank God we didn't have any players or family members that were right. affected physically mm-hmm. by losing something, but we had the impact, which is to the extent that we could, mm-hmm. of or A, the Boston Red Sox had happened in Boston, but obviously then leaving a city, coming back, and the city's on lockdown was a, a very surreal thing because there's not too many times as you're in a major city and there's nobody out, all the restaurants are closed, all you hear are sirens. Yeah, it, it took it from, wow, you know, this, this was unbelievable to, this is surreal. Right. This is so when we got that chance to get back on that field mm-hmm. and we felt that we were blessed and had an opportunity to represent the people of Boston and represent those people who had lost limbs and had shrapnel on their face and, and things and, and worse than that, we yeah. felt it was something that we took with a um, we just took it very seriously. We mm-hmm. have an opportunity to be a distraction for people, and we want to be that, and we feel pretty honored that we get to be the first ones to do that. And that was something that meant a lot to us, whether it was discussed or, or not. It was just kind of like an unsaid thing. Gravity of the situation is so big. We're the first ones who get to go back out there and represent this awesome city, and that's what we wanted to do. Right. And then, mean... then it became a... Mm-hmm. Um, just a huge snowball effect for us going for the rest of the year mm-hmm. from that that game and that that situation. Yeah, I mean, you guys come back home, and then obviously Poppy gives out that you know that famous speech that will live on forever. Um, that I mean, that was just incredible. And then you know, obviously, you know, you hit a first pitch grand slam as your first home run ever. But the home run you hit that day, uh, I'm not sure what day it was specifically, but. It was the first home game, if I recall correctly, after the marathon bombing. You hit a, I think it was like a three-run home run or something, and Don Orsillo was like, Boston, this is for you, and it ended up being, you know, the game-winning home run. Um, you, that, that was probably your, I mean, I would just assume that was probably your, you know, most memorable home run. I think that that, so the journey that I had to get to the big leagues and making the Grand Slam mm-hmm. was incredibly special as, right. a, as a personal thing. Yeah, like more personally, I'm sure that was but the bigger this, moment, but yeah, this meant this more. This is on a completely different level, mm-hmm. and, and when you're when you're representing an entire city and, and, and Red Sox Nation, which mm-hmm. spans beyond the city of Boston, that game meant a lot to us, but you know, to be able to be fortunate enough to be a part of that, that win and, and the home run and things like that, that definitely is the most... Um, important I guess in, for me um, moment in my my career other than like you know you winning a World Series is just they're so special but mm-hmm. that that has like the most sentimental value because 
Um, and honestly, I wasn't even trying to do that in that situation. Yeah, I got yeah. I got back picked at second base. My previous at bat, I got hit in the foot. Oh my god! Got the first, and um, I got I got squared up right on the bone of my um, foot. So it was throbbing pretty good, and I knew their bullpen, the Royals. They were kind of like the preeminent team to really have the super bullpen. Mm. And um, their bullpen was lights out. And so I remember I was like, all right, I got the second. We had a guy in first. We were putting the bunt down. No outs, first and second. And uh, they did a classic, you know, throw the fastball high, then back to the guy in second. And I was like, I got to get a big lead because my foot is not feeling good. Back picked me, threw me out. And I thought that pretty much I cost the city the game. Yeah. I mean, you want to jump in a hole, that was the time. So going up the next at bat, I was just praying like, God, please, I just help me do something yeah, here. Something I here. Feel like I blew it, and then yeah. that happened. So I think my reaction and, and everything I felt in there was grateful that I got a chance to redeem myself, mm. and then redeem myself for the you know everyone else who that game meant so much to. And as Don said, you know it really was for Boston. Right. That's, that's what Poppy's speech was mm. about, and oh, yeah. that's what it was. Why it was so important for yeah. us. The jerseys said Boston exactly. on it, right? Yes, that was what it was all about that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and you actually you mentioned the Royals bullpen. Um, that that year they, I I always remember that obviously fourteen and fifteen they were really good, but looking back at twenty thirteen, if you look, they didn't they win like eighty four games or something like that. Like they were, they were pretty decent. I don't I don't remember how many games they won. Yeah. I know that that was the only game. That we won of that three game series. Um, oh, really? Um, at home. I think oh, we lost okay. the next two. Oh, okay. Oh, I wow. don't know what we did when we went to their place, but I know that. I mean, they had they had some some dudes. Oh, yeah. That, that could pitch starters, and then they had a, a really good bullpen. Um, but I, I I forget how many how many wins they had that year. Yeah, you know, I I I know that was definitely even though they didn't make the playoffs, that was like the beginning of their mini little run that they had yeah you're um, probably right yeah but yeah no that was an incredible moment that you had um you know obviously like Ursula so that's for Boston just amazing and, that, and you know those are the moments that like live on forever you know at Poppy's speech your home run and then of course the rest of the season that was just so magical um so talk about like what do you think of John Farrell as a manager like because you obviously you know Bobby Valentine um not a fan favorite in Boston really um, with what happened in 2012, but then John Farrell came in and wins a World Series in his first year. Um, in my opinion, I don't. I, I think John Farrell gets too much um, hate his way. I think you know he's different than a guy like say Alex Cora, um, or you know some of the younger managers in today's game. Obviously, you know what's happening with Cora. We can get into that later. But um, you know Farrell, he's. You know, he, he's just, he's a, more of the old school kind of manager, but he was never, I never thought he was that bad of a manager. I really didn't. Um, but what do you, you know, what do you think he brought to the vibe of the clubhouse? Do you think, you know, he had much to do with what happened in 2013? How do you, you know, what would you say about that? Oh, every manager has a lot to do with the success and or mm-hmm. lack of success the team has. I mean, clearly there's a certain extent where it, it ends and the players have to go play. Right. Um, the manager creates the, the environment that the players walk into every day and, and the ability to 
uh, or lack of an ability to communicate. You know, those are the sort of things. But um, you know, he was obviously an ex pitcher, mm-hmm. then a pitching coach. So he had a lot of he had you know strong relationships with the pitching staff mm-hmm. and things of that that nature. Which is you know, you're either a position position player or you're a pitcher. It's one of the two. But he came in and he he was um, just great for the team in terms of with what we had going on that year. We had a lot, you know, with mm-hmm. uh, the expectations for 12 and then the, the, the Boston bombing and then right. how well we started to play. Um, you kind of needed someone who never really got too high and never got too low. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. that's, that's what he was. Mm-hmm. So that was perfect for the team yeah, for I, 2013. Right. Just also the veterans we had, like, um, looking back on it now, we didn't need anyone who was going to be pumping us up because mm-hmm. we had enough guys who knew how to play the game. Yeah, that took care of itself. So, um, you know, I, I I looked at things a lot differently then in 2013 than I do now as far as the game because just because when you're younger in terms of just major league experience, which I was, I think I was only going into like second or third year, you take the game a little faster mm-hmm. than you should the right. only you get kind of slows down so i would look back on things now of, of um the game itself and i i would look at it differently than i did then but in the moment i was just going one day at a time and so that's not a knock on him at all i wasn't mm-hmm. even referring to him i was just right, saying right. yeah no, as as a mm-hmm. player so my perspective then compared to now is just a little different but he was good for for that team in 13, it's, it was a, a calming, steady hand, and that's what we needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, it was a lot of veterans on that. That whole team was made of veterans. Um, yeah, exactly. More or less just let the guys go out and play, and that's what he did. That's right, what right. we needed, and that's what he did. It's not like 2018 where, you know, with the Red Sox, where they were, you know, half the team was really young. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So... But, um, you know, so what do you think was probably your favorite moment of that year? I'm sure there were a lot. You know, every moment was so special. But what do you think? I mean, maybe the, I don't know what, it, but maybe the, you know, the home run that we talked about earlier. Um, but, you know, what? maybe other than that, like, what do you think was is a moment that really sticks out to you? Um, like, wow, that was a really special year. And I was, you know, happy to, you know, be around for that. I think I had a bunch of different moments that were special. It's hard to. Uh, you know, top the the Boston first game back, just that experience in general in terms of the importance. And I say this understanding the nature of, you know, for me personally, I didn't, as I mentioned before, I wasn't negatively affected by that situation. So mm-hmm. some other people, their whole lives were wrecked. And right. for me, it was uh, something special to be a part of. So I say this as respectfully as I could and can is that, that day was very special to represent the city, as I said, and to be a part of the victory and in the personal way that I was. Uh, there's other things. I had my junior college coach come to a game in Yankee Stadium, and he was the first, uh, when I was a player, the first person ever sitting me down and saying, hey, I, you know, I believe in you. Oh, that's uh, awesome. I'm going to do everything it takes to get you to the next level. And um, Coach Doug Williams was that guy, and that was just special to um, connect in that way because no one ever saw me ever getting to the big leagues, let alone myself going from a really? cut out of high school and a team manager for my first two years of college and thinking I was never going to play baseball again to this guy giving me a second chance and everything turning out the way it did. 
it was special to really on a personal note, you know, share that moment with someone who said, I believed in you, you know, yeah. years ago when, when no one incredible. else did, there's other things, but right. the World Series would be the last one I would answer. It's just mm. a, the whole experience was special, but getting a chance to start a World Series game um, was on a different level. Mm. That was something so special. So I think, uh, you know, when you have a season like we did, there's so many moments you could almost, uh, you know, go on for hours about it. But oh, yeah. uh, that's that's kind of where I would leave it with those ones. Right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I mean, 2013, that was just unbelievable. Like you know, people just came out of nowhere. You know, like Koji. You know, just coming out of nowhere and just being absolutely lights out. He, he for right now at least, but he'll, I'm assuming forever. He'll forever be my favorite. Red Sox reliever of all time. He was just so, I mean, he was just nails in the postseason and just overall. That was so much fun to watch. Um, obviously, and what, uh, you know, we talk about key moments. One year, you had that walk-off against uh, Seattle. That was a crazy comeback, huh? Wow. I mean, that, yeah. it, those, are, those are, every comeback's fun. And every right, comeback right. Is, is special in its own right. I think that one just was Sticks different out, because... Yeah. Clearly, with how many runs we were down, and for how many things to have to go right, right. that did go right, um, you could feel the momentum going. But I, I, I remember being in that dugout, and just someone said, "Like they're gonna blow this game," oh. and we were still down like four or five. Right, we had the momentum going, and almost everyone kind of laughed, like, "No way, they're gonna, they're gonna blow this game." Like right. you could just, you can talk to any player who's played long enough, and you can just kind of feel it happens oh yeah rarely but when it does you're mm-hmm. like oh no mm-hmm. the, the, the floodgates are open and that was that situation to where everyone who came up was just looking to get the next guy up mm-hmm. and that's it was never a, like i said with the amount of veterans we had there were many things that were discussed about the team and stuff but it never was like we got to guys sit down and we got to make sure we get the next guy up there was just this very unselfish mindset of guys just do your job do it to the best as you can. Right. Get the next guy up, and if you can't get the job done, he will. Right. Nobody trying to be the hero. On each other is we're right. going to do that, and I think that when you're down that many runs, that's all you're trying to do is just yeah. get to that next guy and keep something going. And it obviously worked out. Yeah. Where, you know, we did what we did, and all walk- we had so many walk-offs that year. Oh yeah, you had like so I think like walk-offs. ten or eleven or something. That was yeah, that's walk-offs are the best. They're so much oh. fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, every every championship team has, like, those moments, those, you know, those comeback moments and stuff, and that was certainly one of them, really special, but dumb. So, skip ahead to the World Series, you know, you guys, the the famous obstruction call in Game 3, um, yeah. what, what do you think was, you know, what was, what was, you know, I, I, you know, I always think about, like, that moment, kind of like Game 4 of the 18 World Series, where you know they're they're down four nothing in game four and they're the Dodgers are about to tie the series up, and you know they come back and that they never look back. I feel like in twenty thirteen, you know that obstruction call. I I just remember you know I was watching it with my dad and we're just watching this whole thing unfold, and we see Pedroia and Farrell arguing and we're just like you got to be kidding me like you we just lost because of that, and. It was just, it was just crazy, and then we just had, it's just, you just have that feeling like, there was no way after everything that's gone on this year, there's no chance this 2013 team is going to blow, is going to 
lose now. Like they're just and they again, that's what happened. They never looked back. You guys never looked back when the next three. So, but what what do you think was the vibe in the clubhouse right after that? I mean, were you guys like upset? You know? Were oh, you, oh yeah, we were upset. Yeah. I mean, we watched the replay over and over and mm-hmm. over, and whether you were a young guy on the team or we had a you know a veteran who had been in the league what fifteen plus years, Ryan Dempster, everyone was on the same page that that was just completely uh, a, a brutal call. That's yeah. that's how we that's what we felt about it. And yeah. I think uh, anyone would have on our side in our situation would have said the same thing we i mean our team was pretty much we were pretty straightforward like our team spoke our mind yeah as you know you probably will know so if we didn't think that it was (laughs) a bad call no one had a problem but they were very respectful in the media and everything Mm because you know we had to go back out the next night and and get our you know get the job done so once guys i was very you know still like I said, watching a lot of these guys who've been in the league for so long, once they got to the point of like, I, you know what, there's nothing we can do about it. I remember some of the guys, older guys, being like, well, guys, turn the page, let's go get them tomorrow. Right. You know, like, let's make them pay tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And that was just great to see and experience because uh, the professionalism that our team tried to walk out every single day was evident in, in the toughest and as we felt like the worst possible situation and mm-hmm. um what even made the play more challenging was that you know Pedroia makes this unreal play oh yeah yeah he dove you know, and he like, was already on the line yeah unreal yeah. play um throws the guy um out at home salty comes up and he makes a good throw mm-hmm. will by no fault of his own ball gets there when um the guy who was sliding is actually one of my buddies, Alan Craig. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, he played that whole series with a completely jacked up foot. Like, he had no business playing. Oh, really? And that's kind of what made the situation what it was, is that when he slid in and then stood up to go run, he had this completely jacked up foot. Mm-hmm. And uh, him and Will got tangled up, and, you know, it obviously is what it is. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we were... Beyond words, how frustrated we were. Yeah. But then once it came to the point of like, well, we can't change it. Mm-hmm. They're not going to change it. I forget about it, guys. We got to go get them. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I just feel like uh, that 2013 team. It just felt so meant to be. It just and never felt like they were going to lose ever. Like maybe the maybe when they were you know when you guys were about to go down 0-2 to Detroit, and then of course Poppy hits the grand slam. That was incredible. There's so many amazing moments, but um, yeah, I mean, but every every time you guys had something against you, your backs against the wall, you know, you just went out and played and and did what you needed to do and got the job done. That was just it was incredible. Um, but yeah, so obviously I'm sure winning the you know the World Series, Koji striking Carpenter out, the final out. I'm sure that was that how what was that like running on the field being World Series champions or were you already on the field or no I was not I oh, okay. was not on the field at that point we um I, I don't think again so a guy we had two guys on the team who had played a while I don't even know if they I know one of them had never been in the playoffs that wasn't what I was told okay so <laughs> if I remember correctly two of them hadn't even been in the playoffs so for them i say this answer your question for them you know the world series meant 
everything. And yeah. To me, it did, but it just didn't hit me like it probably hit them. To mm-hmm. where it wasn't so. Everything was was so easy. Is the wrong word, but so mm-hmm. many things went right for us that year. Oh, All yeah. the walk-offs, right? Um, the way that we played and how things, you know, everyone just played really well as a team. That you almost expected it to happen. So when years later things were going so poorly for us, started to realize. Holy cow! Like this isn't as easy. As that is such as a good point. Oh yeah, yeah. And 2010, I was only up for a little bit, and then 2012 was so brutal. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't up the whole season. That 13 start to finish, you know, we rode first place for the majority, if not the entire season. Mm-hmm. It felt just like it was just supposed to happen. Right. And it really was. But mm-hmm. again, running on in that field, it was just like yeah. We're gonna win this. We're gonna win this thing, and then we got yeah. to the point where Koji strikes him out. I was like, "That's for, yeah, yeah, of course. Like, what yeah. else would we have done?" <laughs> right, right. And that's not saying like in a cocky fashion. Just mm-hmm. had that. Oh yeah. So no, right. I think it was looking back on it now, I realize how amazing that run mm-hmm. was, and and I would do anything to you know have something to go back in time and soak it up again. Mm-hmm. But um, that's just that's just how it goes. Oh yeah, you make a great point. Like. I mean, we you don't nobody fully appreciates anything until you don't have it anymore. You know, until you know you have such a great year, win the World Series, and then you go through some tough times after that. It's like wow, you really start to appreciate the good times, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, totally true. Right. So, um, but moving on from that, just a few more things. The let's talk about you know what's going on current day, the the Astros cheating situation. You know, what do you think of that? Like. A big question for me is, you know, Mike Fires coming out and, you know, people are calling him, like, whistleblower, you know, he's, and several people are saying, oh, you know, you shouldn't have done that. In my eyes, I don't, I don't see what, what's wrong with what, what he did. Um, maybe, you know, if you're a team, you know, don't cheat. You know, it's like, <laughs> right, you know, it's like. If, yeah, I, I, get, I get where you're going. There, there's basically, right. like, two trains of thought with that. The first one is, as you've heard from of people whether it's players or ex-players or whoever that you know what happens in the clubhouse stays in the clubhouse right right right. Mm -hmm. and then the other line is um it doesn't matter if you cross a certain line Mm -hmm. now all bets are off Mm -hmm. and if i saw mike fires tomorrow i would go up to him and shake his hand and tell him thank you yeah because there's Mm -hmm. a line and that line was severely intentionally blatantly crossed yeah and it's it's unfortunate. It really is, mm-hmm. just because there are so many good people and so many uh, good front office. <laughs> There's a lot of people in the game who aren't good people. Yeah. And it's also not fair for a young guy who gets brought in that situation. And he's what is he supposed to do? He's mm-hmm. worked his whole life to get big leagues, and all of a sudden he's put in a situation where. He's got to either go along with it or doesn't go along. Like you know, it's not fair to those guys. And um, I'm not here to point fingers at every person who did what. And it, the the cheating aspect that did go on with the Astros was completely to what extent and whoever was involved was completely wrong. That's right, just the right. fact of the matter. Is I don't mm-hmm. care who you are, you would never, as a parent, teach your kid exactly. to do that. So it doesn't change because you're an adult. It's still the same concept. And mm-hmm. it's really too bad that it happened. And, and those people are going to pay the consequences for it. Um, I don't want to get into all the details of yeah, yeah. you know 
who should and what should happen. But I do think the positive thing is that they are going to be super vigilant. And Mm. I think they should have been more vigilant in leading up to that. But the point is now there will be, and hopefully that will just be eradicated because, you know, uh, what do the Dodgers feel? <laughs> the Dodgers, right, right. Oh my God! I know I can only players imagine. personally in the Dodgers. And yeah. I've talked to them, and mm-hmm. they, they there was none of that going on, on their side. Yeah, no. No right. matter what people say. So yeah. yeah, I'd be pissed. I'd be super pissed if I was them. Yeah. To the point of being like, there's no way they should have that title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, no. You know, it's not our decision what to do with you know their title, and I know some of the guys on the Astros, and and you know. Stuff happens, mm-hmm. and I, I don't agree with it, but um, I'm glad Fires came out and said something, and I think that it needed to happen, and people can say he wanted to do it because he was with the A's and he's tired of losing. I, I, I haven't seen anyone else come out and say that they were part of the scandal. Right. Uh, no one else. He's the only one. So mm-hmm. if anyone wants to point fingers and say he shouldn't have done it or he's doing it for this reason, I, I haven't seen them come out and say, oh, yeah, you know what? I did this. I messed up too, and I was a part of it. No one else has done that, so mm-hmm. I commend the guy for doing that. And whatever his reasons are, I don't know all of them, but one of them was this isn't right, mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be going on. And right. That right. is a fact. No one can deny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It was just. It's and, and if you're the Dodgers, you know, there's apparently like L.A. or something you're trying to give the title the 2017 title to Dodgers that would like in my mind I I think I would love if the Astros got their title stripped but I would not want it to be awarded to the Dodgers like if if I was a Dodgers player and I'm sure you would probably agree with this how you cannot you can't how can you take a trophy when in reality you didn't really win even if you lost to a cheating team you know what I mean like I I get that right I I, I happen to know um little more of like what went on within the game mm-hmm. okay. of like game seven and things like that to where if I was a player on the Dodgers I would pretty much feel like I got that taken mm-hmm. out of my hands for really a number of reasons but that's uh, how I would feel yeah 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 but even on the outside mm-hmm. I'm honestly like they're never gonna do it no it's not gonna right happen. it's not I mean, gonna happen can you imagine right. the uproar right that would be on, would, that would be crazy you know, you do, right? <laughs> the precedent it was set, so mm-hmm. I know that's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. The, it's a, that's just more like formalities right. and, and posturing, and, and I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're standing up for your team. That's fine. That, that's all. Right. That's all well and good. And I think that, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you remember when they were saying that Darvish was tipping? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, clearly, we know now it wasn't tipping. Really? But can you? Well, D- yeah. They 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 were like. They finding said, ways to yeah they said he was tipping in game seven well mm-hmm. how many i faced you darvish mm-hmm. and a, a lot of the guys you probably talked to in the Sox faced you darvish when he's on yeah he is very challenging yeah. he's got some of the best anyways the point oh, yeah. is yeah. you know what's coming mm-hmm. in that situation game seven and they they were spitting on pitches which i'm not saying they would have swung at mm-hmm. i'm just saying they would have been tempting at the uh, very least. Okay. And that changes the course of a, a 1-1 count might become a 1-2 count. Mm, and right. That's a huge difference. Yeah. Who knows? You never know. You're right. You can't just take it away and say, here you go. Here's your World Series. Mm-hmm. They cheated. Now, if you set that as the precedent, that if you're in the World Series and you cheat, you're losing it. It's going to go to the other team. That's different. Yeah. But 
since that's not out there, I get I get the well, we just can't give it to them. But I certainly would understand and feel no. frustrated. Right? <laughs> no. Guys. If I was the of a Dodgers player, I would be. Oh my god! Like I can only imagine. Like that's just so frustrating. So because a lot of people think they only did it at home, the Astros. Apparently, they also did it like a lot of time because a lot of people are looking at the splits for the players like Bregman, Altuve, Springer, whoever, and they're not doing as well on the road than they were at home. Um, but I'm sure they probably figure out some way to do it, like some of it on the road, maybe not as much. I, but I don't know all those details. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, what I do know and what I have been told from just enough players, mm. you know, they had a supreme advantage at home and yeah. the numbers stand right next to that say yeah that's <laughs> yeah. true what, uh, whether you know it's kind of hard to hardwire a camera into the visiting center field wall and mm-hmm. have the other team not notice like that doesn't really work yeah, so yeah. <laughs> they clearly didn't have that but mm-hmm. to what if you're willing to do that at home I'm sure that when they got on the road uh, they were doing as much as they could with what they could work with mm-hmm. I think that's safe to say right but you know, maybe they weren't. I'm not there. Yeah. I think assumptions at this point, you know, don't really take anyone that far. But if you're asking for assumptions, I, I don't, I would assume they certainly were trying to find ways. Mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah, definitely. whether it was, you know, we'd say it's cheating or mm-hmm. whether we'd say they were just, you know, having a guy in second base during the game, looking at the signs, trying to figure it out. That's a different story. I don't know. Right. Yeah. It's just the whole situation is just really unfortunate. And yeah, a bad look for baseball, really. And it just—it's a bad situation. But hopefully, you know, we can all just move on from it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they will. They, yeah, they will. It yeah. Always, yeah. It always yeah. happens like that. Like but, the steroid uh, stuff back in yeah. Um, but yeah. So la- last thing before I let you go. Um, so d- when when I got in touch with you, uh, you were actually at the winter meetings, um, looking around, looking for a job. So, where do you think? Uh, what you know? What teams do you think you're possibly looking to join? I know spring training's coming up. I don't know how realistic it is for. You know, I don't know what what the deal is with you signing with the team before then or whatever it is. But you know, what do you think? What are your plans for the rest of your career? Do you think? Ooh, rest of my career. <laughs> yeah. That's a very good question. <laughs> I I obviously wish I knew the answer to that question. Yeah. <laughs> trying to still play and, mm-hmm. oh, okay. and um uh, i had a i missed some time with with an injury that uh took me away from the game for over a year yeah um and uh, i went back and and uh tried to get get back to the team last year um and it just didn't work out so i went to indie ball where i got signed out of <laughs> in 2007 mm-hmm. i went back <laughs> and played indie ball and in a different league to, to a see if i could play every day mm-hmm. and be if I could perform and, and fortunately I was able to do both so that gave me enough listen I mean two years ago or a year and a half ago I was like I, I would be in the big leagues right now yeah right. I, I can't I can't go down and not say like well I didn't give it everything I had and that's just not who I am so um I, I went out there I needed to show face to some teams and and uh and say, listen, I, I want to keep playing, and I know that you guys don't have me on any radar, but, um, so what does it mean? I, I mm. don't know. I don't know. I mean, I I can still play. I yeah. physically can still play, mm. and it's just praying that there's a team out there that says, yeah, you know what, we actually value 
who you are and, and what you can offer, and mm-hmm. we believe that you can still play. And um, I know I'd have to still prove myself, but that's kind of what I've been doing my my whole career is having to prove myself. Um, so it wouldn't be anything new. It's just you know uh, the game is changing, and there's good things and there's bad things, and uh, well, it's probably dependent upon who you talk to, what's good and bad. Mm-hmm. But um, anyways, I'm trying to get with the team. And I just don't know what it's going to look like. But, uh, hey, if, if uh, your podcast helps, man, I'll be forever grateful. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, be, I'll definitely be rooting for you. Um, thank, Daniel Nava, thank you so much for your time. Um, I really appreciate it. You gave me a lot of stuff. That was awesome. Um, so, yeah, thank you. You're, 